I have found out beat news in depth for you. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to Outbeat News In-Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, tonight we're going to hear from two of the Bay Area's most senior LGBT organizations, both with origins in San Francisco. We begin with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and members of the Russian River Order are here to talk about their amazing work and all of the things they're doing to support local North Bay organizations. And in the second half of the hour, we're going to talk with Dr. Tim Seelig. He's the conductor and artistic director of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. They, too, are doing incredible work raising money to support local organizations right here in the North Bay. It's all coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, February 26, 2017. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Four years ago, Oscar award-winning screenplay writer and director Dustin Lance Black answered a call from ABC Television, who was looking to tell the stories of LGBT people and their families. Black already knew a lot about LGBT history after having produced the award-winning movie Milk, but he set out once again to talk with many of the other men and women who led the last 50 years of the LGBT civil rights movement. Among those heroes was Cleve Jones, a longtime local activist and creator of the Names Project and AIDS Quilt. Cleve's life and recent memoir gave Black a perfect foundation on which to build an eight-hour miniseries. It's called When We Rise, and it airs starting tomorrow night. This is much bigger than you realize. You all have to get yourselves together. This is everybody's issue. The city will not be taken over by incorrigibles and deviants. Keep one step ahead of the blacks and homosexuals. You're never going to get that minute if you're not willing to fight for it. Order! We will have order here! We are not a menace. We will not be silent any longer. God have mercy on your twisted soul. If we ever want to be free, we have to stop hiding. All of you combined are stronger than you know. It's an illness. It can be treated. I don't understand. I don't understand! What are you afraid of, Roma? I won't run. I'll fight. We fight until they realize this is our home and we're fighting with our lives! There's too much left to fight for. We're an out-of-the-box kind of family. This is not gonna go away. You got a loud voice. We could use another loud voice. No more! I feel in my heart that it matters not who or how they love. You want to be my daughter? I always was. Whoever you are, you are not alone.
I had a chance to see a screening of this incredible miniseries last week at the Castro Theater, and I can tell you it's just excellent. So much of the LGBT civil rights movement started right here in the Bay Area, and you'll see a really strong and balanced representation of the men and women who led the way. You can learn more about When We Rise by going to our website at OutBeatNews.com. Just click on the link in the middle of the page. For Gary Carnavelli, I'm Greg Moralia. Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Well, if you have visited any gay neighborhood in any of the large cities or even some small cities like Guerneville, you have, in, without a doubt, run into members of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. It's an organization that started right here in the Bay Area and now has orders all over the world. They're doing some amazing work, and we are really thrilled to have three members of the Russian River Order of the Sisters here with us tonight to talk about their organization and all the things that they're doing. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good evening. Good evening. So let's give our listeners a, a little bit of introduction to the voices they've just heard and, and the sister names that are here. Why don't you go around the table here and introduce yourselves and uh, talk about how long you've been with the organization and what draws you to the work? What do you like doing the most? Oh, okay. Well, I'll take that one on to start. I'm Sister Sarah Femme Fatale. I am the current president of the Russian River Sisters. I have been involved with the sisters for 11 and a half years. I started in San Francisco, transferred up to the river ten, nine years ago. No, eight years ago. And I, what brings me to the sisters, it's a eclectic blend of queer... Uh, emotional, irrational, loving, compassionate, crazy people that put aside all their baloney and just want to give love and help their community. And we do it with lots of glitter and fabulous clothing. And I just, I really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I'm Sister Ginger Snap. I've been with the order for two years now. I'm secretary and I just can't get enough of what the community and the sisters do together. They're, they're inspiring. They bring love, sparkle, and joy to events. And they just keep saying, what do you need to people and responding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I started with the sisters because uh, I wanted to get to know the community and give back, and uh, there's no way to stop doing it once you get started. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And? <laughs> Hi, I'm Sister Nova Nilla of St. Andrew's Crossing, and I've been a Russian River sister since, oh gosh, 2002, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And I was never one that liked drag, per se. At least the uh, cross-dressing kind. Leather? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But what happened is I got invited to one of their meetings, and I immediately started thinking, how do I get out of this? I don't want to do this. And yet, how many tutus did you buy? (laughs) Then I started seeing what the work they did, though. (laughs) And I realized once I put on the makeup, I could do it anonymously. Yes. Which is kind of crazy because we do all this work and nobody knows that's who's doing it because I could do it on a Saturday night as a sister and go to Safeway the next day as me, Mike, and those people would have no idea that that's who they saw the Sister Nova the night before. 
Is that your Sunday confessional? Yeah, it's true. Huh? It was my Sunday confessional. That's who we are. That's awesome. Before we get into talking about what's going on in the Russian River Order, for our listeners who are not familiar with the history, uh, and we're talking a lot about history tonight in, in some senses, this started in San Francisco. Yes. Give us a sense about how. Uh, San Francisco, Easter, 1979, there were four queer gentlemen that on a whim went out and borrowed some actual nuns' habits. They jokingly said they were doing a, uh, a Sound of Music revival. And can we borrow some habits? And they went out in actual habits. They went to a ball game. And one was smoking a cigar. One had a plastic... Uh, uh, uh Big gun, big gun, help me out, big gun, uh, rifle type thing. And uh, just to be funny, just to be silly, and they were extremely popular. They were on the teleprompter. Here were these crazy people in this dress. And then later on that afternoon after the game, they went out to the Castro. And they strolled around, and you know, this is this is before the the, the AIDS epidemic really right. hit. But you still have a lot of these queer people out there who had been shunned by their family, and they had no spiritual guidance, no spiritual support. And here are these nuns out there, you know, obviously queer nuns with the, the big Castro mustaches and the and the boots, and they would drop down and say, "Oh, forgive me, sister, for I have sinned." And there was this click, and and this and these these four gentlemen saw that there was a need for some kind of spiritual absolution and grace and acknowledgement from the queer community who had been estranged from their family. And they just kept going from there. They would just walk around and say, come here, my son, come to me, my daughter, let me absolve you, let me forgive you your sins. And it was funny and it was irreverent. But it was so very reverent as well. And mm-hmm. that was their very first start. And from there on, they were invited to events and parties. And they realized that what the power they had, they were this draw. They were something that people sought out for. And they used that power for good and started doing community fundraisers. And to this date, they the, the sisters worldwide have raised over $10 million for underserved communities. Holy cow. I mean, that's really, really impressive. It's huge, and it's, it's all huge. grassroots. Yeah. It's no grant. Uh, it's nothing. It's all right back from the community, from bar events, uh, whatever, whatever. But it's it's all pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters. And, and so the tradition and the personality uh, really originated from just those four guys who mm-hmm. borrowed some nuns' habits. And then uh, when did they start wearing the makeup and the face, as it were? Uh, the makeup didn't come too far after uh, Sister Vicious Power Hungry Biatch, we'll try to be PC on the radio, uh, she was, <laughs> well, she was a prostitute. And she wanted to hide herself from her clients. And so she started doing the white face. And it became a, a, a rite of passage. It was this costume thing. It was an armor. It was like the courtesans and the geishas and all of that. And they would put this white face on. It was a privilege mm-hmm. to wear it. And it was it was their mark. And, and, and wearing all that makeup and, and being so anonymous was... It, it was permission to go out there and just be crazy and 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 be this huge presence. But yeah, it didn't come until about 
I want to say about two years afterwards when they started doing the, okay. the faces, but all of them do it now. And you have to go through a whole process, a whole initiation process before you're allowed to do that. So we're going to talk about that because maybe by the end of this interview, there'll be listeners out there who will want to join the Russian River Order. Excellent. Um, so t- let's talk about the history of the order here uh, at the Russian River. When did it get started and who, who started it? Oh, Nova, you want to take that one on? <laughs> There were certain people in the community here that were approached by the San Francisco sisters and asked to start what we call a mission. And so they started them, and there were seven of them in the Russian River area. And I'm not going to mention their names because I can't remember them all at the moment. But Sister Sparkle is the current one that's one of the remaining founders of the Russian River Order. And there was Sister Barbie Mitzvah at that time, too. Correct, but mm-hmm. she's no longer around, Correct. unfortunately. She's passed, she's passed away. Mm-hmm. So we call those of the sisters that have passed away, we call them the nuns of the above. Mm. But they started it back in 2001 or 2000, and then they had the actual official um, coming out party uh, in 2001 on Easter, yes. Good Friday. And they've been, they've been doing it ever since. And I started in 2002 when they approached me, and then I got to be a black veil in 2003 and my novice project which is a project we have to do kind of like a, a mini event to show that we are capable of being a sister. That was the bingo in Guerneville that was oh, started really? back then. That was my novice project. Mm-hmm. And after that, we've, um, it was once a month that we started it. And it's to this date, it's the longest running sisters bingo in the world. We other sisters have have done some, but they've never been continuous. Even the San Francisco sisters, right. they, uh, theirs fell apart um, sadly, because they were doing a really good job. Right before I came, I, so 10 years ago. Correct, yeah, and that's kind of the one that I modeled it after. But to this date, we've we've had a different beneficiary every single month, including teachers, children, seniors, firefighters, CHP, foundations, everything. And we've raised about $1.2 million Wow! Of, for those local charities over those years, and it's been 13 years now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Fantastic. So out of the ten million, you were just saying that they raised around the world. Yeah. It's kind of neat that we've done almost ten percent of that. Yeah, I know it's beautiful. That's amazing. I didn't even know that. Wow. So for we talk about the bingos here on Outbeat Radio in the news segment and our community calendar. Thank you. you know as often as we possibly can. Thank you. Uh, for the rare person who has not been to a bingo out at the <laughs> Russian River, talk about the the night and what goes on and. How it all works. Oh Can we get God. those like little beeps for the ex- what, expletive deleted? Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dirty, dirty, dirty bingo. The, dirty the bingo. It's dirty, nasty bingo. Second Saturday of every Fun month. Bingo. Mm-hmm. It's at the uh, Vets Hall in Guerneville. 250 seats we have. It sells out every single month, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Tickets are available online at our website, which is www.rrsisters.org.org. And so get your tickets always ahead of time. You can actually buy your tickets through the whole year if you want. It's on brown paper tickets. Brown Mm -hmm. paper tickets. Mm -hmm. But what happens is we get the people in there and we have an amazingly crazy time. It's a little rowdy. It's very rowdy. Mm -hmm. And that's why the people come. The bridesmaid parties, the straight people. Lots of seniors. The seniors are the best. We love them. Mm -hmm. And you do sort of a different theme every time, right? Every Every month. Every month is a different theme, yeah. And we have a bingo committee that meets uh, before the the 12 months of bingo and decide who the beneficiaries are and what the themes are going to be and the titles and all of that. And then we just do our very best to uh, have a good time and humiliate a few people along the way. All in love and jest. 
Yeah. And they keep coming back for and more. They do. I know. They keep coming back. Weirdest thing. <laughs> we humiliate them. We, we daub them. Sh- we, we shame them. We spank them. We spa- oh, that's the spankings that brings them oh back. My gosh. For sure. And these people love it. Mm-hmm. Now, is it mostly regular locals no. that come, or is it folks? No. Actually, place? I want to say uh, at least two thirds are what we call virgins, and yeah. they're new people, and they, they cycle in. And, you know, when we always do a raise your hands at the beginning, how many people have been here and how many people have not. And it's amazing how many people are new that just. Just keep coming. It's it's an amazing thing. It's always fun for pe- folks to bring their friends and kind of mm-hmm. see their reactions to, to the virgins, mm-hmm. and then they talk about it forever. And mm-hmm. It's fun. But we still have the same seniors that come every right. month. That same right. table, those same people. <laughs> That's great. And they just nod their head wisely. And it's actually a legal gambling event. Mm-hmm. So we have a license. We mm-hmm. give away ca- uh, where well, we know use the c word cash <gasps> because we aren't allowed. You know, we we tr- try to keep that. Low key, so that. But you can win a safety. lot of money. It's you can win a reason. lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you can win a lot of money and a lot of stuff. Yeah, California recently raised the the minimum, or the maximum rather, that you can give away for a bingo game, and and we adhere to that, and mm-hmm. it's good, good. Yeah, so there's no alcohol. There's nobody under eighteen allowed. So talk about some of the organizations that have benefited. I mean, that's a lot of money that you've brought in, and and I heard you list a few of them uh, out, and it's not just gay organizations, right? Well, real quick, I'm going to say, when we first started this back in 2003, the initial driving force was LGBT and HIV and AIDS organizations. Mm-hmm. So we were doing the, ben- those were the beneficiaries. Well, we realized two or three months into it that we ran out of those LGBT and <laughs> HIV AIDS organizations. So we said, hey, why don't we ask the seniors if they would like to be the beneficiaries? And they all came. And then we had a firefighter's one month and they were a little reticent they sort of showed up because we asked them to help set it up as volunteers they stay and then they help take it down well it was really kind of cool because they were so sort of cool to us at first and sister barbie was doing her thing and just all over them and just approaching them and calling them all kinds of fun names but at the end one of the firefighters came up to me he goes you know guy you guys are really cool. Yeah. Would you mind if I brought my wife with me next month? And I'm saying, of course, bring her anytime. And what's also happened, was kind of fun back then, is we did a benefit for the CHP Foundation. And one of those CHP officers would always come in his CHP car, pull up outside the, at the Oddfellows Hall at that time, and ask for Sister Barbie. And Sister Barbie would walk oh. out to the street and hang his head inside the car, and they would have a little chat. And it was just the coolest thing, because this guy really was... Just, just wanted to be a part of this, and it was it was awesome to see yeah. the building of the bridges to all the organizations that we never would have had any kind of contact with if it hadn't been for a silly little bingo. Right, right. right. It's and been amazing. Yeah, we 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 give away to so many. There's uh, high schools that we give away to to the science programs, the music programs, the senior center, uh, uh, sports programs. Um, uh, clean up for the river for Fife Creek, uh, just the homeless shelters, just tons and tons of things out there. Anybody that needs our help, anybody that needs help, period, we're going to be there for them. Animal programs, uh, we've, yes. we've given to over 200 local agencies, and whatever we wow. get it, whatever we raise goes right back yeah, well to the community. It's fantastic. Is that is that typical of orders around the world, no. or is this unique to no. Russian River? Uh, you know, I could only speak for I, I've been in 
involved with two different orders and San Francisco was one and San Francisco does primarily focus on queer needs and homeless. So that is, well, that's, that's their prior. Right? Absolutely. So they do a lot with the street community and with HIV queer needs, San Francisco, uh, Russian river. It's, where it is a really queer friendly community, it's not a queer town. And right. so, you know, you've only got so many gay people out there, but we have a whole lot of students and we have a lot of homeless and we have a lot of, in, in, a lot of need, uh, a lot of need, a lot of see everything. And there's nothing that we don't have our finger in their pie. In their pie. <laughs> I think most of the groups that start the orders that start up around the, the world, and especially in the United States, start out initially with HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then they start focus or they start branching out any of the other organizations, but they still, there are still some of them that specifically stick with HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, there's San Francisco, there's Germany, and mm-hmm. Paris are very much involved in uh, in the HIV struggle. I think, I think there's about eight different sister houses just in the state of California now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Are there eight now? There's, Six, seven, eight. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. So you're about to embark on soliciting applications for grants for right. this coming mm-hmm. year. Tell us about that process and if an, if there's a nonprofit out there that's interested, what do they do? It's perfect timing that we're here tonight actually because our grant application process starts tomorrow. It's only open for a month. So if anybody that has a, a 501c3, a charity, a tax ID number, they should go online to our website, which is www.rrsisters.org, and then click on the grants link, and there will be an application coming up tomorrow, and fill it out and submit it to the address on there. What will happen is when, after the uh, open period closes, our committee will review them, will decide who will be getting a grant and how much, and will notify them. And then our anniversary party, which is Good Friday this year in April, we will have those organizations representatives come to our anniversary party and we'll give out those grants at that time. And it's always a huge celebration. The cool thing is when we give out those grants, there's a representative from each of those organizations. And as they, we ask them all to show up and they gave this incredible opportunity to network. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. only that, um, well, I lost my thought. They, they do the networking. But, oh, sometimes there's other people in the audience that will see this organization and say, hey, you know what? Can I just give them a check directly without having going through the sisters? And that's happened, too. And we, we've even had people come up that to the um, anniversary party when we were giving a grant to a music or, uh, at the music program at the school. Somebody donated a guitar, and we mm-hmm. handed it to the, the, the music teacher right there on the spot. It's amazing. It's a beautiful – well, and that's the joy of being in such a small community is every little tiny thing is huge is. Right. when you live in a small area. You can make a big impact even with a little bit amount of money we can give. And we've been able to just give a few microscopes and that was a oh, huge impact to a science awesome. program. Last was- year we gave over 27000 at the anniversary party in grants. Oh. We – a few years ago we were having an anniversary party and the science teacher – Submitted a grant application for some microscopes, and she submitted the grant application with a picture of the microscopes on this catalog. Well, on the same page, there was a picture of the high school and above, because she was with the middle school. So the committee, we decided, well, why don't we just give her the high school and above level microscopes? Well, we didn't tell her that. When I called her on stage to give her the money for the little microscopes, I said, you know, I'm really sorry, but we just don't have enough money to give you all that you asked for. And I could see her face kind of like, oh. 
And I said, but because we believe in you and because we love you and what you're doing for our kids, we also love, we've decided to fund you for enough microscopes for all your students, but with the high school level microscopes. Mm -hmm. The place went nuts. She was in tears. I was in tears. It was just a wonderful experience. And we try and do some surprises to the the beneficiaries every once in a while too. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's really, really it's good a, work. It's a feely good. Well, and you also honor individuals. Uh, sure. I remember being at um, McRosty Vineyards for a reception that was uh, there for face-to-face, and you all honored Rick Dean. Talk a little bit about some of the people in the community that you've honored. and You're talking and sainthood. That was sainthood. a fun night. He had no clue. Were you yeah. there, there? I was there. Oh, my God. So was I. <laughs> It was that was a, one of the best times I've ever had at McRossi, and he had no clue it was a benefit for face to face. We had um, decided to saint him, but it was just so so under the table. And so anyway, they called him up after he got well. He gave a little speech, is actually what it was, and interview, interviewed um, not interviewed, uh, just spoke a little bit about certain things, and then all of a sudden he started to walk away, and we said, wait, 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 wait. We have a little ditty just for you. And we sainted him. And he was like so embarrassed and so excited and in tears. And everybody was crying. That was a, one of the best. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was, and sainting somebody, it means that we actually honor somebody for what they do for the community. And we give them a saint medal. We give them a certificate of sainthood. Suitable for framing. Suitable for, suitable for, framing. for framing. I remember that. And they wear a medallion if they can around us when we come to our events. It's really an awesome yeah. thing to be sainted. And you also honored, and we were talking before we went on the air tonight, uh, you honored uh, someone who's very close to me, uh, Matthew Shepard. I remember mm. coming back. Uh, what did we decide it was? 2010. I want to say that was ri- that was right when I came here, my first year yeah. here. And I remember I was part of that that spearhead spearheaded committee, and uh, there was that was the kind of the turn for the the bullying campaign right. or the things get yep. things will get better and we we put project, together yeah. yeah it's better project and we put together a really beautiful ceremony uh to acknowledge people who were were uh being bullied and as a support group for that we did a candlelight vigil and we we didn't saint matthew shepherd we made him a guardian angel, angel. and we presented a uh, a flag we released doves and it was just an incredible beautiful it, moment it we, we did the candlelight vigil from safeway all the way through yeah. town really nice community event it, and that's exactly what it was and to to when you live in a space that's so small, and Guerneville, Russian River is 4,000 people, you know, proper. And when you have, say, two, 300 of those people all walking down the sidewalk in unison in community with a candle, it's mind-boggling, the emotions that come up from that. Yeah. It's just a huge, huge thing. Our community is very, very grateful for us, and we're very grateful for them. There's no doubt about that. I think you're very beloved. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the other events that are coming up this year. Obviously, bingo is once a month, but what else are you going to be doing? Sonoma County Pride is a big one. Well, Sonoma County Pride is not actually a sister event, True. but the sisters are involved as a couple of sisters are on the board. And you and that, I are both yes, on the board. Yes, exactly. And that is coming up. I, I don't know the exact date, but it's the first weekend of June. It's like the third, fourth. Something, like, June, something, like, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but Pride is, it's, it's, it's wonderful because, again, it is it's a small area. It's Sonoma County Pride, but we're having it in Guerneville at the Guernwood Lodge. And we've got a lot of different We've got Steve Grand that's going to be there the night before. Uh, I think he's at the Wells Fargo. Oh, no, he's at Great Great Casino. With uh, Billy Gilman. Mm, Yes, yes. And so uh, we are supporting the Pride Committee for that. Uh, But but again, that's not our event. 
Well, yes, one thing I want to mention before well, we still have time is our anniversary party. Yeah, We really want to invite everybody to come to our anniversary party, which is the Good Friday, mm-hmm. two days before Easter. April we don't 14th. have a location yes, yet. Yes, we, do. we, we do. do. We are at Main Street. Oh, that's right. Main Street Restaurant on uh, the Main Street of Kernville. That's why it's called Main Street. Good. Aren't they clever? Everybody's invited to that. It's free to attend. We give away our grants. There's food. Yeah, we're looking to give away between what thirteen and seventeen thousand dollars. We're hoping hopefully. to give away a chunk of money, yeah. and people are invited. We'd so love everybody to so come. So that is on Good Friday. Yes, that's sir. right. Yes. Okay. So we'll make sure we have information on our website for mm-hmm. that. Uh, for that as well. Excellent. So, if someone wants to get involved with the sisters, Ooh. oh, so are you looking? Well, first of all, are you looking for new members? Always, always. always. We'd okay. love to recruit. All right. <laughs> Come so to us, little children. Nuns need some new blood. <laughs> yes, we need fresh meat. Uh, <laughs> so it's super, super simple. If you're interested in checking us out, you can go onto our website www.rrsisters.org. See what our next event is. Come check us out. Say hi, and we'll invite you to a meeting, and we'll. We'll just draw you in with our clutches and go from there. Okay, so let's dispel one of the rumors. Mm-hmm. It's not just men. It's no. men and women. You got two women right? here right now. That's right. And so it doesn't really matter how you identify in terms of gender. Everybody is oh, welcome. No. We not actually have some straight men. We have straight women. Mm-hmm. We have queers. We, we have, have transgender. Yeah, we've got it's it It's amazing. Our order is just a melting pot. I, I want awesome. to say Russian River is one of the most diverse orders. When I came from San Francisco, I was the only active bio female sister in San Francisco. I come out here, I'm the minority. Yeah. So there's there's we're we're at least fifty fifty female male identified, okay. but all within that spectrum. Okay. So doesn't matter if you're straight or gay, right. whatever. However, Just have you to be over eighteen years old. That, yeah, that's 18. that's it. It eighteen or above. Right. So you come to a meeting and then you apply. Yeah, you just keep it's, coming. Yeah, it's just a process. You say yeah. you want to become a sister, and that's all it takes. It's a verbal commitment more than anything. And then you come to a monthly meetings and start the process, and we train them. We actually tra- teach people how to put on makeup. We teach them everything. All the steps are all provided. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the – I know one of the, the stepping stones or milestones is selecting a name. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that's fun. And so how do you just come up with your own name? I know right. you can't repeat, right? You, you can't be anybody else. Who no, they're all different. But, uh, you know, a lot of people really seek to find a name. They're like, oh, I've got this name. This is a great name. And I have found that most people, it just kind of falls in your lap. I had a list like, of names by my bed, and I would add to them every night. And it was like two pages long until I finally came up with Sister Nova Nilla. And it, people to this day go, Nova Nia? No, <laughs> vanilla, and I'm going. See, and then they go. Oh no, vanilla. Oh yeah, she's very chocolatey. You know, it's never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the flavors, indeed. And so you work sort of in a uh, uh, an apprentice status for a year. True. There, yeah. There's an initiation process, novitiation. Uh, it's it's like becoming a nun a real nun and we are nuns we do take vows we serve our community it's lifetime but you go through a whole novitiate period a training where you are seen and not heard and you watch and observe and and get acclimated into it until you start working with the public more and talking with them and taking confession and creating events and until you are just out there and then you start training i gotta say though it's one of the best things i've ever done Mm -hmm. in my whole life and I am grateful for the sister and what the opportunities it's given to me. 
And I am so proud of the work that this order does. And once you become a sister, though, the good thing is you're a sister for life. And you get so much jewelry. Oh, yeah. Bling, which Gosh, I'm having right here. Jewelry everywhere. Look at that. What's oh, I know. Did you see this one right here? <laughs> and sir, I got to well, say, bottom, bottom line, love we love you, and there's tonight. nothing you can do about and it. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, Sarah's makeup tonight is just. Know, am I pretty? It's so <laughs> what do y'all think see, out there? It's hours. Well, I wish we could talk all night, but our, our oh, we could talk uh, time all night. is running uh, to the we'll end. Let's, talk, we'll let's just keep going. Let's yeah. make sure that we don't wait so long before we have you back on. Yeah. But tomorrow. You're doing amazing tomorrow. work. Tomorrow? <laughs> Sister Ginger, give us our website again. RRsisters.org. There you go. And awesome. if there's time, I'm just going to say the scholarships for high school students and Santa Rosa reentry students uh, are available online and the, you can apply until March 1st, which is next Wednesday. Go for it. Outstanding. Excellent. Thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you okay. for We love you, here. and there's not a damn thing you, you can, can do, do about, about it. it. <laughs> and we'll be back with more right after this. Ooh, on And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News In-Depth on KRCB Radio 91. I'm Greg Moralia. On October 30th of 1978, 100 gay men gathered at Everett Middle School in San Francisco and formed what we now know to be the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. One of their first public appearances happened to be on the steps of San Francisco City Hall on the day that Harvey Milk and George Moscone were assassinated. Now, little did this group of men know that they would be creating a worldwide LGBT choral phenomenon that now includes hundreds of gay choruses around the globe. This year, the chorus is preparing to celebrate its 40th birthday, and here to tell us all about the big plans is Dr. Timothy Selig. He's the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Dr. Selig, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's fantastic to talk with you, and of course, you're not a stranger here to Sonoma County as the Gay Men's Chorus is performed several times up here annually for the uh, Christmas concert. But for our listeners who don't know uh, you, let's start with that. Uh, Tell us about yourself and how you got involved with the chorus. So big picture, the chorus has been around for 38 years. And uh, the next milestone, I think, would be that we just sang our 27th year in Santa Rosa uh, as a benefit for face-to-face. So it's been a long-standing relationship with Santa Rosa. Obviously, over two-thirds of the chorus life, uh, the chorus has been coming to Santa Rosa. And it's one of the things that the guys look forward to the most throughout the year. I started as artistic director of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus six years ago, January 2011. And it's been amazing. Before that, I conducted the Gay Men's Chorus in Dallas, Texas, called the Turtle Creek Corral for 20 years and was teaching at Southern Methodist University and doing my thing, thinking I was going to retire. And all of a sudden, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus job came open, and it was just too too good to pass up. So I auditioned, I applied and auditioned, and got the job, and have been absolutely thrilled. It's just a, a huge, huge life change from Texas 
but one that at every turn has been completely joyous. Good for you. And I think we won that contest for sure. Uh, you've, You're been, very you've been a <laughs> wonderful addition uh, Thank you. to the chorus. You know, and you mentioned the history of the chorus. I did a little bit of looking back. It really has witnessed so much of LGBT history here in the Bay Area. Uh, coming in in 1978, you know, when I think about that year, it was Harvey Milk, it was the gay flag, it was the assassination of Harvey Milk. I mean, tremendous history that the chorus has witnessed, and of course, the entire AIDS crisis as it bloomed. As you look back at that time period and your knowledge of the chorus, what are some of the major events that stand out that you think are most significant the, for the group? Well, the, the chorus is sort of the standard bearer, and uh, obviously, you know, we like to say that the modern movement began with the Compton Cafeteria, but the rest of the world has not caught on with that yet. They keep they keep saying Stonewall and we're like, no, it really started here and you all copied. But, um, so 65 were Compton cafeteria, I believe. And 69 was Stonewall. So, you know, the seventies, uh, sort of certainly in San Francisco, uh, uh, it was sort of built on that, um, summer of love, which by the way, to make us all feel old, is going to have its 50th anniversary this summer. Oh my God. I know. So, you know, the seventies were a, a time of, exploration and finding uh, finding ourselves as LGBT people and gay pride parades had sprung up and people were out partying. It was the, the disco era and there, and there was Sylvester and, you know, all kinds of underground things happening that didn't really have to be so underground anymore uh, in San Francisco and other major metropolitan areas. And so there were, there were some parades and then there was a gay band the what is now the San Francisco Freedom Band, and they thought the the band director said, "Well, we should start a choir." So in in uh, no, September of seventy eight, he put up flyers around the Castro, and uh, as legend would have it, about a hundred men showed up the first night. They were all excited, and an argument ensued. Can you imagine a hundred gay men in a room and there's an <laughs> argument? So. The, the argument was not about what they wanted to do or be. It was about what they wanted to call themselves. And they had two, two front runners. One was the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and the other one was Men About Town. So they fortunately chose San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. At that point in 1978, no, no chorus on the planet had ever included sexual orientation in the name. So it was quite courageous, even in San Francisco. And what what it did was start a global movement that that is now on every continent uh, on the on our planet. And right. so San Francisco is the granddaddy in that we were the first chorus to uh, openly and courageously <laughs> state that we were gay and proud of it. So that was October, and then four weeks into it, into the rehearsal period, in the very beginning, was that Harvey Milk was assassinated. And so the chorus went down and people knew there was a, a brand new chorus and they thought, well, this is great. There's a chorus they can sing, even though it was only their fourth week. And so they did. And Holly Near, a singer, songwriter, activist on her way to the, to the candlelight vigil, wrote a piece and came and taught it to the guys. And then they all sang it together with the tens of thousands of people. So from that very day, the chorus then for the next 38 years has been able to be a part of history 
in so many ways and grateful to be in this city where so much has happened from, as you mentioned, in, the, in that very same year, the creation of the rainbow flag and so much. And then not, not long after that, 1981, the chorus went on national tour. And I, I don't know if this will is, is, well, it's fascinating. I'm not sure if you've heard this story or not, but the chorus took a nine city national tour in 1981. This was huge. They went to places like Dallas and Omaha, Nebraska, and and literally birthed gay choruses all over the country. It was a huge tour, and I, I love this story. On the San Francisco Chronicle, had a full page, and the headline was uh, "Gay Men's Chorus Takes National Tour." And over in the right-hand corner is a little article that said. A, pneum- a pneumonia that strikes gay males. So, and the rest of the whole page is about our tour. So, obviously, that was uh, going to change uh, dramatically over the the next years. So, during that time, we 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 were all completely focused on trying to stay alive, mm-hmm. and those who were dying live lives that had some joy, some, some music. That's what we were doing. And as we began to, to come out of that uh, stage of, of our lives, that, that horrific stage, then we turned to, we didn't think we were going to make it. So I was a conductor of a gay men's chorus, and we didn't think that we would have a chorus. We all thought everyone is going to die, and we just won't have a chorus. And then all of a sudden, things got better, and we had a, we had a cocktail of medication and things started to get better. And we realized that, Oh my goodness, we are going to make it. So what are we going to do now? How do we remain relevant? Because we've spent literally the last 10 to 15 years just mourning and helping people heal as best we could. And we turned seriously to, um, activism, to equal rights, to all the things that, Fortunately, we have achieved over the last 10 years. I'm just going to say 10, a nice round number. And those were the things that we never thought that we really would, which is, you know, marriage equality, don't ask, don't tell. We're still fighting adoption. And then recently, we've been very active in transgender rights and promoting transgender people. And we have those people in our chorus as well. So it's been absolutely a a fascinating ride. The chorus has been able to sing on the steps of City Hall for a myriad of events and important events, both LGBT and just city, city of city importance. Some of those, of course, are are the the um, rallies that have been held for for all of the things that I, that I mentioned, but we've also had the fun of being there for Tony Bennett's, uh, the 75th anniversary or what, or was it 75 of, I left my heart in San Francisco mm-hmm. and on the city staff of great 40th anniversary of beach blanket Babylon. We were honored to sing for the national conference of mayors at uh, mayor Lee's request. And, you know, for the, uh, anniversary of the ducal, um, court for the empress and emperor of san francisco so what we get to do no other organization gets to do we get to sing for the drag queens 
and the mayor and, you know, in like one week. And recently, you may have seen that we got to perform on City Hall steps uh, in the Christmas special of the Netflix sensation Sense8, the TV series. So we get to sing a lot and, and are thrilled to do so. I think those are, you know, some of the highlights leading up to the Lavender Pen Tour, which it will be another huge, momentous occasion for this chorus. Yeah, most definitely. And I want to get back to that. But I, I want to acknowledge just what an amazing history the chorus has had and, and how you have become from an idea, a really key part of the heart of San Francisco in the Bay Area. It's really, it's really cool. It's really cool. Thank you. I, it's, an, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, everybody expects San Francisco to, to have gay things. I mean, it's just, of course, you know, we're gay Mecca. But um, in that... You know, some of the things that are just sort of just gay things, they come and go. And the fact that the chorus managed to is looking now at its 40th anniversary. Um, I also would like to acknowledge uh, Cleve Jones, along with our um, historical uh, icons, because here in San Francisco, right, uh, a block and a half from here, he started sewing the AIDS quilt and the Names Project was birthed right here. And it became a symbol for all of those years and all of our all of our people. Yeah, Cleve's a remarkable guy. He was on our show a couple of months ago uh, on the dawn of his book release. His new book, and, yeah. And right. told his story, and, and he's really a gem. Yes. Uh, we, we love him. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things I noticed at the Christmas concert this year, and maybe it was just because I was paying attention more to the individuals that I saw on the stage, but it looked like you had a lot of young faces. Uh, you know, it's... It, uh, it continues to amaze us when we have uh, auditions. Over my six years, uh, all I can speak for is six years, the auditioning group has gotten younger and more diverse. And, and I will say musically more experienced. The interesting thing is that young and diverse men want to do this. And we, we question all of our, um, our potential auditionees. And uh, last August, we had almost, I, guess, I think, about 80 people audition for the chorus. That is basically for no spots. Um, although we, we continue to take new members, the chorus is too big. We're, all, we're really clear on the fact that it's just too big, but it's not shrinking. But we question the guys coming in. We always have. Uh, the question is, why San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and why now? And we want to know, obviously, the answer to those two questions. Like, why are you choosing to audition for this chorus? Because it is not an easy task. Because we, obviously, as you know, we memorize a lot of music. We learn choreography. And the chorus pays for it. pays dues to sing. They pay for their own wardrobe. They pay for their own props. And they pay for their own travel which is an important point when we get to the Lavender Pen Tour because they're paying their own way to take vacation time and do this. It's absolutely extraordinary. And so the young ones, uh, the answer, getting back to the answer, is mm, I would say 90% of them say, well, we love music. Or, are we? Well, no, 100% of them say we love music. But the next um, answer is we're looking for community. And we know that we can find a kind of camaraderie in clubs and in bars and in other groups. 
but we feel that the chorus is really doing something significant to change the world. And so it kind of combines everything that that we love and that we want to do it with our with our time and our money, our energy and our talent. Well, let's talk about the Levin, Lavender Pen Tour. At the Christmas concert, you talked about you know, an agenda that you had envisioned for this coming year and then after the election changing course. It did. It changed about, uh, we're, we're trying to remember now, it's all a bit of a blur. The, the election was, a, uh, the day after the election was a blur. But we think it happened on Thursday, after the election on Tuesday, that we had been making plans, big plans. We had planned to go to China. But we had already left that one for a lot of reasons. But we decided we would go somewhere a little less expensive and with a little less state-run media. And um, so we were thinking of several options, uh, foreign options. And on that Thursday, I'm pretty sure, our board chair uh, wrote Chris Verdugo, our executive director, and me and said, you know, I just can't think that we're going to spend a million dollars to go on a foreign tour when so many people are hurting here at home. We should, and he, he said, we should take a red state state tour, which now we rue the day that that fell out of his mouth because we and the media picked it up as, Oh, they're going on a red state tour. And the problem with that is there are 33 of them. So we would have to, you know, be on tour for six months. It would be like a national tour of cats. It'd be awesome. So, we immediately, although it seemed a bit, a bit too late, decided this is a bad thing. We actually heard from several red states. They were like, hey, hey, people, we, got, we have really good LGBT rights in our state. So we began to, with that media, we started getting invitations. And then we focused more on the states that really, really need encouraging and need some, some support talked to several national LGBT organizations, and identified as the anchors Mississippi and North Carolina, who at this moment have the most egregious laws on their books or pending that are discriminatory. And so those were the anchor the anchors. We knew we wanted to go to those two. And then we were sitting around. Uh, it's, it's very simple when you have Mississippi on one end and North Carolina on the other end to find a lot of trouble in between. There is trouble in River City and Birmingham and a whole bunch of other places. So we got out the map and said, okay, if we start in one and we end in another one, where all can we go? And we are at this point scheduled to hit six states. So we'll go Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina. That was kind of out of order, but um, it's going to be amazing. And all that's going to take place in nine days on about eight buses. And well, we don't have to bus to Jackson, Mississippi. We'll actually fly to Jackson, Mississippi. And then we'll get on buses and off we go. So just let me give you a, a little, we sat around and we were like, okay, we need a new, a new name for this tour. And everybody sent in their they're lovely, lovely. We appreciate all of the submissions um, that were promptly thrown in the trash can, like the rainbow of love tour across the <laughs> South. But <clears throat> you may have heard my name for it, which I still think is the best one. And that is Priscilla meets Dixie. But um, that one, <laughs> I love that. No traction. And I have the graphics. It's a big bus with a stiletto with a Confederate flag flying off the back. I can I think see it. Awesome. See, see, 
so anyway, but my people, my people, they just, they have no sense of humor. So, uh, and I'm from the South. So, you know, these are my peeps. I, I know what we'll read there, but so we were sitting around thinking about the tour and the fact that we really, really, um, we have several, several agendas on this tour, but one is singing on the state capitol of at Jackson, Mississippi and meeting legislators who we can encourage and, and also stirring the pot every chance we can. Um, we, we intend to sing beautiful concerts in major performance halls, and then we will get out in the street and stir the pot and encourage the L our LGBT brothers. And the way we're paying for this tour, by the way, and I appreciate any help that you can give, the singers are paying their own way. And the organization will pay all the venue, rental, marketing, PR, security. We're taking a lot of security, and we'll have security in each city. And it's a it's an expensive undertaking to take a lot of people. So the organization is raising the funds to pay for all of those behind-the-scenes things. It is our hope that we will raise enough money that we take not a dollar out of any of those communities where we either perform in the at a mall, in a church, in a school, or in a performance venue, and that we leave it all there in that city for them to use for however they see fit. We're also taking the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir with us, and there oh, really? we are. Um, interestingly enough, the executive director of the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir read one of the articles, and he thought, wow, that's that's the kind of thing we like to do. That's so centric to our mission. He contacted our board chair and said, you know, hi, I'm the executive director. Would you all be interested? And we had some, some a couple of days when we were thinking, wow, this this is an amazing opportunity. So we met with them. We talked about it. They're joining us. There are about 50 of their chorus joining us on the tour. Wow. Very, well, very cool. Yeah. So I have so, this, I'm, I'm picturing yeah. now, you know, 200 gay men plus a chorus from Oakland showing yeah. up in the South. How do you think Correct. you're going to be received? Uh, so good question. We are, we are clear. We're very clear on how we will be received at the big performances that we're doing in performance halls. They will be standing room only, and it will be extraordinarily exciting, empowering, just can't wait. Uh, just getting in the hall with people who probably have never seen that many gay people in one place, or that many people on the stage, certainly in a choir, and a choir that says they're gay, along with a gospel choir, which you know, really does speak to the South. It's going to be incredible. So we know we'll be received really well at those performance venues. We also know that as we travel through the South and we make our stops, uh, whether it's on the state capital of Jackson, Mississippi, or uh, it is our plan to all 300 get off the bus and walk across the George Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, mm. because it's... Um, it's part of our history, and mm -hmm. we we want to do that. We want to feel what that's like, and so then when we when we go to some of the smaller towns, we've been invited to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and we have invitations from Knoxville, Tennessee, from Chattanooga, from Athens, Georgia. That people are are begging us to come 
to sort of, you know, just be a part and encourage them. And the reason we're taking security is we absolutely believe that the uh, sort of right-wing fundamentalist South is not going to like it. Uh, they haven't had, they haven't had anybody that big and gay since Liberace went on tour in '62, <laughs> and so yeah. you know it's. And he wasn't out. I should I should hasten to say, so yeah. um, it's going to be quite something. And um, do I think there will be protests? I hope so. Do I think there will be violence? I absolutely do not think so. I I think, you know, we. We've been protested before, and gay choruses all across the country have been protested. And um, short of the Phelps family from Westboro Baptist, I'm not sure they can get from Kansas all the way down to Mississippi. I don't know if they know the way. But those kinds of people will come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. That's why we're going. Where can people go to learn about the concerts, though, that are coming up in the spring that can help support this trip? We would, we would love for them to do that. And it's our website, and that is sfgmc.org, San Francisco Gay Men's Course, sfgmc. You can, if, you, if you Google San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, our website will pop up. And on the website, there's obviously a little button where you can donate to the tour directly. And we would appreciate Gifts of any size, of course. But on the website was also information about our final two concerts. Uh, we will be actually selling many season subscriptions for the, the last two. We're going to be singing at the end of April at Herbst Auditorium. We haven't been there in years and years. It's been refurbished. It was closed down for four years, refurbished. It is a stunning little jewel box of a concert hall. And we're doing a concert about paradise. And we're doing It's Paradise, you get to define paradise, and we're going to sing something that absolutely will hit your your vision, whether that's heaven, or whether that's nature, or whether that's valley high, or you can just imagine. And it's not religious, It's not. we're not singing a concert about heaven, we're singing about how do we find that place of peace and respite and hope that we sometimes call paradise. It's going to be stunningly beautiful. We are very excited. And we also have the internationally known hula troupe here in San Francisco that will be joining us because you don't want to see us hula. So (laughs) that's March, April. And then June, we always do something exciting for Pride, whether that's the I Am Harvey Milk Oratorio or... Elton John. So this June, it's the we're leading into our 40th anniversary. Our June concert's called the Gay Kitchen Sink, and we are just going to throw everything that we can that we love to do all in one show, featuring the Kinsey Six, who are right certifi- certifiably insane, and um, and we'll back them up, and it's going to be just huge fun as we lead into preparation for the tour. So that's the that's the remainder of this season. Well, you've got a very busy year ahead of you, for sure. We and, do. And if you missed that website, sfgmc.org, we'll have a link on our own website at outbeatnews.com. You can go there and, most importantly, donate to the chorus. Donate yeah. and fund this important uh, educational and entertaining trip that they're going to be taking to the South. We've got to change some hearts and minds and voters Yes, we got, sure do. Got to do it. 
Dr. Seelig, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and I can't wait to hear how all of this unfolds and, and then to have you back on the show to talk about this great adventure. Thank you, Greg. I look forward to that as well. And that brings us to the end of our hour. Don't forget to set your DVRs for tomorrow night's premiere of When We Rise. And tune in next Sunday night for Outbeat Radio's Living Proof with Sheridan Gold and Dr. Diana Grayer. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCB Radio 91. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us.